here this morning. Yes? Awesome. You're probably people who like a good challenge, who like to be faced with fear and then conquer and overcome. It, I'm, you're my people. I love, <laughs> I love the book of Joshua. Right from when I was first saved at the age of 15 to now, I love a good story from the book of Joshua. Particularly this account that I want to share from this morning. And so we'll pop it on the screens if we can. Yeah, brilliant. I apologise for the small print. I hope you can see back there. Um, not, a, not a good idea, but I'll read it out anyway. All right, so Joshua chapter 1, verse 1 to 6 says, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aide, Moses, my servant, is dead. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give to them, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous. Where are my Joshua people? Be strong and courageous. Because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Now before we go any further this morning, let's pray. Let's pray over the word. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your presence. We thank you that you are here and that you're already speaking. God, we pray that whatever your intention for the word this morning is, that Lord, your words will not return void. But God, that you would speak to every heart in Jesus' name. God, that you would change us, transform us. Lord, mindsets that need to shift, God, may they be shifted in the name of Jesus. Lord, our hearts are open and our ears are inclined. Speak to us, we pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. For those of you who have been a part of Lift for some time, you may be aware that one of my favourite TV shows is Born to be Wild with Bear Grylls. Anyone else ever seen that before? Yes? Do you like it, Anthony? Yeah. It's pretty good, huh? Yeah, I love it. Um, so I'm a bit of a like adventure nut and I love scenery and all that kind of stuff. So um, we had watched Born to be Wild sometime last year. Um, but I love it because Bear Girls takes these celebrities, some of which have a bit of like action kind of background. They, they might even do their own stunts. Oh my goodness. Um, but he'll take them out into the wilderness. Now this could be like icy, snowy kind of terrain, could be out into the bush, could be into the mountains, all these different places, right? He takes them out and basically the whole show is about taking the celebrity from point A to their extraction point. Do you even know the language? Extraction point. <laughs> Sounds so epic. So this, um, the whole episode is about them going from A to extraction point and overcoming these different challenges. Like it's not just a trek through the bush or rainforest or something like that. There are these challenges that they need to overcome, whether it's like carabining, um, okay, I'm not that good with the language, um, but across like ravines and things like that, or scaling or abseiling off of 100 feet cliffs, like no, no lie, this is like crazy stuff. It's Bear Grylls stuff. If you don't know Bear Grylls, he's like this Navy SEAL dude, does some really cool things. Um, but he's, you know, he's the kind of person you want alongside you if ever you're in the wilderness. Yes. He's, you know, yeah, he's there. Um, so whatever it may be, there is at 
some point in the show, there is always, always, always a point where the celebrity gets to that edge of the cliff or about to jump out of the plane and they absolutely freak the heck out. Mm. Like they just, they have this moment of being faced with sheer terror and intimidation about what they have to do next. And um, I love it, it's so great, it's awesome. <laughs> um, but as the show, as the series goes on, I kind of put two and two together that Bear Grylls actually goes before the celebrity. Duh, kind of makes sense. Yeah. But he will plot out the way, making sure that they can arrive safely-ish from point A to their extraction point, right? He, he takes care of it. He ensures that if they need spare rope by that ravine that needs to be crossed, or if they need gear along the way and, and different hooks and things like that, that it will be all set out. It's all prepared. He's gone before, it's fine. And then along the way, he's right there beside the celebrity as well. And so as I caught up to that, that actually everything was pretty safe. Everything was prepared and, and they've got the bear grills with them. That when they came to those points of terror and intimidation, I thought, wow, isn't that really interesting how it's almost like they forget all of that. They forget that they're on a show, first of all. They forget that this Bear Grylls, this amazing Navy SEAL trained person, has plotted out the course, they're in safe hands, and they forget that he's literally there beside them as well. Actually, there are some points where he kind of like, he'll leave a note for them when they've woken up in the morning being like, hey, meet me over here. And they've got like tracksuit bush or something by themselves. But it's never something scary that they have to do them by themselves when he leaves them. He's generally always there. And as I was looking into this chapter and kind of meditating on these different words that we had received, I, I got the sense of this is kind of what God is doing for the Israelites in, in Joshua, in this uh, chapter, that he was actually wanting to prepare them for this journey ahead, and he wanted them to hold on to some principles, hold on to some truths. And, and I want to share that this morning because of the next chapter that we're entering into as a church as well. And I believe that God wants to use these values and these principles to set us up. Yeah. Almost like today will be a stake in the ground of when we are in this next chapter of our church, we're going to remember mm -hmm. these words that God is speaking to the Israelites about this morning. So... Let's read our passage of scripture again, and then we're going to dive a little bit deeper into that. So Joshua 1, 1 to 6. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give to them, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you step your foot as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. So what's going on? in this passage of scripture is that there's a massive transition that is ahead for the Israelites. This marks the transition between the Israelites being in the wilderness era of their journey as a people into the promised land, into claiming it, inhabiting it, into the promised land. This is an end of an era. And some of these words that we receive 
actually pretty much all of them received, was, was that there was this sense of there's an end of an era for us as a church and there's a new era to come. Wow. There is a transition. This is our transition point, church. Wow. At the beginning of this year, there's a mark. It's going to be different to what we've experienced before as a church going forward, just like the Israelites right here. God was reminding them again that they're a specific territory. You know, we, we really like using that whole scripture about every place I set my foot, God, you'll give that to me. But God was actually very specific here with the Israelites. He was saying, it's not just anywhere, but I've chosen a specific territory for you. And he maps it out. He reminds them, these are the boundaries. These are the territories. And when they actually go over into the land, Joshua gets his tribal leaders and he says, okay, you, this is your portion. You, this is where you are to locate to. It was very specific. And church, our wilderness journey has been that of which God has been preparing us to know our territory as a church. That we are a church that inspires people to the life in Christ. That we're the kind of church that brings a lift to our community. That wherever we set our foot, if people are yet to experience the life and come close to the life found in Jesus Christ, that is our territory, church. And so I sense that God has done a defining thing in our previous chapter of our church. And so our next one is actually moving into and inhabiting it more. And I just get the sense that there's such a fruitfulness that awaits us as we focus in on the territory that God has already given us that there will be great fruit and we will see more. We will see more yeah. salvations. Mm-hmm. We'll see more people come yeah. to know Christ. We'll see more people lifted up in their life, places of depression and anxiety, that that's going to lift and people are going to find true life in come Jesus on. Christ. That is our territory, yeah. church. Woo. And I love, I love that even though the wilderness, the chapters for the Israelites and for us as a church, there have been some difficult times, but I love out of that has come such a definition mm-hmm. of our place in the body of Christ, mm-hmm. our mandate yes. as Come lift on. church. On, so yeah. it's the same here. There's a similarity between us and the Israelites here. And these are the two truths that God promises the Israelites or brings to mind to them. He says that as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. And he says, therefore... Take courage, take strength, for I will be with you wherever you go. These are the two things that that God sort of camps around in in initiating Joshua into leadership, but also to define this next chapter for the Israelites. These are the things to cling on to, Israelites. It is that I am with you, I'll never leave you, and so you need to be strong and courageous. And you know, that word courage, that was something that God spoke into my heart beginning of last year, actually. Courage to go through what I needed to go through as a leader in order that we as a church step into this next chapter. And so I'm so excited that that word courage is is part of framing this next chapter for us. We're going to need courage. And so we're going to dive a bit more into that uh, in the different chapters of Joshua. But we're going to head next to Joshua chapter 2, verse 8 to 11. But before we do that, between chapters 1 and 2, Joshua prepares himself as the leader to take the people across the Jordan River into the land. But before he gets the people to move, he sends out two men to spy out the land. And so these two men go across 
they go into the land and this woman by the name of Rahab, uh, they come to her house and, and she sort of, the fear of the Lord has actually gripped her and she's, she's beginning to actually want to be a part of God's plans and, and want to know this God. The fear of the Lord has come upon her. And so she's like, I'm going to hide you in my home because if the authorities catch on to the fact that there are spies in the land, we don't know what's going to go, what, what's going to happen. And so she houses them. And this is where we pick it up in Joshua chapter 2, verse, verse 8 to 11. It says, Before the men lay down, she, being Rahab, came up to them on the roof and said to the men, I know that the Lord has given you the land. So she says this, right? Even before, it's just two spies that have gone into the land. No other Israelite soldier has come into the land. But already she's like, I know this place is yours. Come on. And that the fear of you has fallen upon us and that all the inhabitants of the land melt away before you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea before you when you came out of Egypt, and what you did to the two kings of the Amorites who were beyond the Jordan, to Sion and Og, whom you devoted to destruction. And as soon as we heard it, as soon as we heard these things, our hearts melted, and there was no spirit left in any man because of you. But get this, it's because for the Lord your God, he is God in the heavens above and on the earth beneath. You know, I love that when Joshua sends out spies. It's like Joshua attracts good reports, right? He was a spy once, and he came back with a good report, and I feel like this is God just blessing him back for being faithful. But I love that Joshua receives this report as he is getting ready to be the leader now, as he is getting the people ready to go across this land. There's this woman who, you know, is a part of technically the other people who are about to be, you know, subdued. She's saying, we know, we, we've heard these things about your God, that he is a God like no other. And at the time here, Rahab's people thought this because there was no other God who did the things that Yahweh, the God of the Israelites, did. No other God in history. I want to talk about no other God. I'm lower, cap, lower capital, lower case, G. That's what I'm referring to, right? So the gods that they would hear about, they would never care for a people. They would never rescue a people. They enslaved people. In, in your worship, you had to appease them. There was no God like Yahweh. There was no other God that, were, that was actually able to save a people out of another people. He took the Israelites out of Egypt to be their own. And so Rahab's saying, look, our people have heard the things that your God does. We know that we are toast. But the thing is that astounded the people most is that this God doesn't just do mighty works, but he is with his people. The fear of the Lord came upon them because they understood that God was with this people. I don't know about you, church, but sometimes I forget that. You know, sometimes I'm actually like these people who are the Israelites, who are Rahab's people, and, and I sort of get afraid of situations that come my way and I forget mm-hmm. that the Lord is actually with me, that I'm actually one of the people of God yes. and I have God with me. Yeah. And this was such an important thing for Joshua to actually hear for these spies to come back and tell Joshua about in order to set up the people. And it's so important that in the following chapters, God actually instructs them to remember who he is. Mm. So we're going to go there now. 
So the spies come back. They tell Joshua what happens. Joshua leads the people over the river. God does an amazing thing where he pulls the water back so that all the Israelites, this is like a million people, like, no, hundreds of thousands of people going across this river, and God just sustains them the whole way. They get across, and this is what happens next. So Joshua chapter 4, verse 21 to 24, it says, And he, Joshua, said to the people of Israel, When your children ask their fathers in times to come, what do these stones mean? Then you shall let your children know, Israel passed over this Jordan on dry ground. Still to this day, the Jordan River is a thing. It's a river. Like, it's full to the brim. Not, not like, you know, it's the Swan River in summer over here. Um, it's, it's a full gushing river. But they went over on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the waters of the Jordan for you until you passed over. As the Lord your God did to the Red Sea, which he dried up for us until we passed over. See, God does things again and again and again. So that all the peoples of the earth may know that the hand of the Lord is mighty. That you may fear the Lord your God forever. See, it was so important that the Israelites know that God is a mighty God and that God is present with them so much so that God says, get your leaders to grab some stones, put them in place so that when every single generation to come walks by this place, you can tell them the story of what God did. Mm. You know, sometimes moving forward into new chapters, there's courage that is needed, right? Mm. And as we do that, some of the things that are brought to mind will can naturally be brought to mind for us as humans are those times where we feared, those times where we have been intimidated, those times where we've actually felt like God wasn't present, that God wasn't with us. But in this season, church, something God put on my heart was to actually encourage people to deal with the disappointments of the past, that they are not to be your defining stones. Not those valley moments where you felt like God had left you, but those valley moments where you knew that God was there with you. Mm -hmm. You know, it doesn't have to be mountaintops. It's actually in the valley where God shows that he is strong, that he is with you, that he is present, that he never leaves Mm -hmm. you nor forsakes you. But I just sense that moving into this next chapter, church, that if there are disappointments that are still lodged in your heart, it's time. Holy Spirit wants to dislodge those in your heart. Yeah. Let them be stones that you leave in the past yeah. so that you can have memorial stones that remind you of the goodness of God, of the presence of God. I love that we sing that song, Goodness of God, and honestly, it's a song that I will sing for the rest of my days, I think. It reminds me of these milestones in my life, of these memorial places in my life where I know that it's been tough, that things have not gone to plan or to my plans, but I know that because of the presence of God, I know because of what he was doing in the background, that it all was okay because God was with me. And so these Israelites, God told them, put a physical aid, a physical reminder of my presence and who I am as God. You know, recently I had to to do this myself. Some of you have heard about our sort of like altercations with a neighbor over uh, the Christmas break. So crazy, so nuts. But we we just had these, you know, these experiences where... um, Basically, a neighbor was coming and, and sort of being intimidating and all these different things. 
What ended up happening was that we um, had to do some police reports. We filed for a restraining order. We even put security cameras in our home, um, up around our home. So if you come to our house, we'll see you before you get to the door. It's actually a lot of fun, like honestly. I, I love just checking it for fun. It's really great. Um, side note. Um, so yeah, there were these things happening, right? And, and as they were going on, even though we had put these things in place, and I know that, like, you know, at the end of the day, I'm with God, it's yeah, fine if anything yeah. happens to me, like, it's actually okay. Yeah. But for some reason, there was this intimidation that was coming up whenever this person would come to our house. I'm welcome. Um, uh, there was this real strong sense of intimidation and fear, and I felt like this wasn't, this wasn't a normal dose of intimidation, right? Like, I had my husband home with me, and, you know, he's just army trained and amazing and like, I know that physically I'm in good hands and safe. And so this intimidation that came up, honestly, truly believe it. Um, I knew that I was safe, right? And so this was irrational, this fear that was coming up, this intimidation that was coming up. And so as we were praying as a family, like, you know, we committed it to prayer with Sam as well because he was in the house when it was happening. So we wanted him to know that, you know, we've got God on our side and, and everything was going to be okay. But um, it was only through processing it and praying and talking to some trusted people that I actually, God revealed the core of, of the intimidation and the fear to me. And what happened was, was that I had this, Unchecked, obviously, I really wasn't aware of it, but this deep-seated belief that I was alone, that actually nobody had my back, even though I live with a man who is strong and awesome. I have a son who's, you know, physically, they couldn't do anything, obviously, but, like, I'm not alone. Um, and so even though my life, and I have this wonderful church community, I have extended family, I'm not alone, and yet I believed that I was alone. And it brought tears to my eyes as I was talking to someone about it where I was like, I would love to know that somebody has my back. Mm. Right? We were born to be isolated. That's right. We were born to be within community. So that when we are intimidated, so that when fear comes up, we can hold on to the truth that we're not alone. But church, it wasn't just through thinking about all you lovely people and my husband and my son. It was actually through applying the word of God that God sent Jesus, Emmanuel, Emmanuel meaning God with us, that he sent him to me, that I may never be alone. That I actually have a God who is more present to me than the very breath in my lungs. The Bible talks about it, he's closer than the closest friend. I am not alone. And you know, it was in this moment of fear and intimidation that actually broke once I started to meditate on that sense of, God, you are with me. I just began to speak that over myself, over our home, over Nate and over Sam. And the intimidation, the fear, it broke. To this day where I'm like, do we really need a restraining order? I don't know. But um, we live in Carla. Maybe it's good to have anyway. Um, bless Carla, Lord. In Jesus' name. Uh, it's, a good, it's a good place. Generally, it's a good place. Um, but man, that intimidation, it broke when I realized that, God, you're with me. Yes. That there was actually a lie in my life that I could apply that truth to. Mm. The intimidation of the fear broke. Mm. And church, this next chapter where we're going, because it's unknown, 
because we're going to walk into things that we've never seen or done before, that there are going to be moments of intimidation and fear. But like the Israelites, we are to set for ourselves a reminder. Maybe, maybe it is a physical reminder for you. I don't know what you want to do, how you want to memorialize that truth, but maybe that's something you could do. But we'll come back to that truth of actually God, who is the God, thank you, Rahab, God of the heavens, but not just the heavens, but God of the earth. He is with me and he is mighty. And I love the word testimony because it means that what God has done in the past, he can do again. And I love that Jesus says, greater works than these shall you do. That we'll actually see even greater church. And I just want to declare that over the next chapter yes, of our church, so we will see even greater, but it means that we are going to be challenged in a greater way as well. That we're going to have greater intimidation. Woo! We're going to have greater fear knocking at our door. Come on! But we know that our God is with us in Jesus' name. And so we're not going to be like Rahab's people who melt away in fear, who have no spirit left in them because we understand God's with us. No, no, no. Because we understand God is with us, we're going to stand strong, stand courageous. And, you know, in those few weeks, uh, the, the week and a bit that things were happening for me, the intimidation and the fear, it literally stopped me in my tracks. Like, we'd be at home and I'd be thinking about, what if this person comes again? What if they decide to do something else and, you know, drive their car into our window? Whatever it is. My mind would go, and it was like I was paralysed. I couldn't be present with Sam. I couldn't be present with Nate. Nate's probably had the most frustrating few weeks of his life because he's like, I asked you that question and you said yes, or you just like were silent. It was because I literally wasn't listening. I wasn't listening to you (laughs) because of this fear and intimidation. And, you know, that's what happens. We get stopped in our tracks. And I just sense the Spirit of God saying that for some of you, you have been locked in the past. You've, you've stopped at points where God has been calling you forward. But because of fear and intimidation, you've stopped. But God is saying, no more. I'm with you. And that truth is actually going to propel you out of that stuck place. And church, don't be surprised if, if you see people around you who are once timid who are now courageous this year. It was like, where the heck did you come from? Come on, I want to see more and more of that. And I believe we're going to see more and more of that. But people that we didn't expect boldness and strength and courage from, they're going to come out of those places of stuckness. They're not going to let fear and intimidation stop them in their tracks, but they're going to carry on with the mission because they know that God is with them. And hey, if that's you, I believe that God is gracing you. I believe that his power is behind you. His spirit is at work in you. Even now, I just sense God shifting things in in people's hearts that I'm no longer wanting to be afraid of that. I'm no longer going to let that intimidation stop me. But God, I'm on a mission for you. We have a territory. We have a mandate as a church, church. And that's going to unfold more and more and more as we go on. But let us not be a people who let that stop us in our tracks. Let us be a people who encourage one another. You know, you just being here on a Sunday in a gathering is encouragement to another person. Is an encouragement to keep on going. And hey, if you get to share with one another and pray with one another to break off that fear and that intimidation, then that's blessing. That's, you know, all the more awesome. But even just being here, that puts courage in people who need it. And so church, I love the community that we are here at Lift. 
And I just sense that that's going to become stronger as we go through tough things that we need courage for. Amen. That we're going to be by each other's side. We're going to be like these soldiers that go over into the promised land. Arm in arm, together, spurring one another on because we have the revelation that God is with us. Now, to round us off um, this morning, and we're going to receive communion very shortly. But one of my favorite passages of scripture is from John 16, verse 33, I believe it is. It says, in this life, you will have trouble. This is Jesus' words. In this life, you will have trouble. He promises it. So if you're a person who's coming to the church world and been like, I gave my life to you, Jesus, because I don't want any trouble, I'm really sorry to bring it to you this morning. Because <laughs> Jesus himself says that you'll have trouble. But he says, take heart. And the word take heart, words, actually means courage. Mm-hmm. But take courage, for I have overcome the world. Mm-hmm. So church, in the person of Jesus Christ, we have our very own Bear grills. <laughs> We've got, and you know, way better than Bear grills, obviously. Mm-hmm. Jesus has gone before us. He came to earth to die a sinner's death on our behalf in order to defeat death. Anything that we come across in this life, Jesus has overcome it because he's overcome the ultimate problem of humanity, and that is death. So we have this God who is with us, who's overcome everything, and he is with us, church. His name is Emmanuel. He is with us. And this morning, I'd love for the hosting to come forward and receive you. We hope you've enjoyed this week's message. Follow us on Instagram at The Live Church or on Facebook at Live Church Perth. That will give you all the up-to-date information about what's happening in the life of our church. Thanks again for listening. God bless.